Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. Karen and I, people ask us, you know, the secret of our marriage, God. God is the secret of our marriage. God is the secret of why we're together. And the greatest intimacy that we experience is the spiritual part of our relationship. I can remember, you know, times I'd hear you pray and it was just so endearing because, you know, you, it was it's the humility of you, you know, crying out to God to help us, you know, that we can't do this, God. We need you. Good sex is always intentional. You may have been, you know, naturally, obviously attracted to each other sexually when you met, but we can enjoy sex for the rest of our married lives. You know, research proves that people are enjoying sex 70s, 80s, uh, longer than ever because we're living longer and because of medical technology, but it's always intentional. It's never by accident. And listen, don't let the devil tell you the lie that if you married the right person, that it would just happen naturally and you wouldn't have to work at it. That's just not true. You always have to put energy into the relationship regardless. But the other thing about striking your sexual match is it's how to take the natural differences that are between us and to make them dynamic rather than dangerous. God made us different by his design. We're, we're very, very different. And when you understand those differences, it's dynamic. But when you don't, it's, it's a very dangerous thing. And so uh, sex demonstrates how different we are, but complementary. When I uh, was in college, my job was to pull pipe fittings in pipe. When I first started, I didn't know, you know any kind of pipe fitting. And so I walked up one day and I noticed on my order, it said male pipe fitting. And I thought, what, you know, male pipe fitting? And then I noticed down on the bottom, it said female pipe fitting. And I went to this guy that I worked with and I said, what's what's a male and a female pipe fitting? And he was kind of an old gruff guy. And he said, come here, kid. So he, he walked me down the aisle of this, of the pipe area there. And he grabbed a male fitting and said, this is a male fitting. And then he grabbed another fitting and was, he said, this is a female fitting. And he put them together. And I thought, oh my gosh, hardware people are perverts. You know, <laughs> they work in a porn shop here. And so it was embarrassing because I thought, I just can't believe they call them male. And I'm doing my hands. I got to stop doing that. But the, I can't believe they call them that. But it's interesting. God designed us so differently to complement each other. Nature tells us we need each other and we fit. Sex tells us that our differences have a dynamic to them and that we, it, we fit. And here's what male and female means. It takes two to make one. God looked at Adam and said, he's incomplete. And then he made Eve and said, they too shall become one. And nothing in our marriage demonstrates that more than sex. And something happens when we're having sex that doesn't happen in any other point in our marriage. Something very dynamic and something very important. We are very dependent upon each other. See, if you could meet your own needs, you wouldn't get married. And again, the differences in our sexuality tell us a female needs a male and a male needs a female. But the point is this, it's going to take both of us with a good attitude to meet each other's needs. It's going to take both of us doing our part to be able to have intimacy and sex. I can't do it by myself. If I could, I could be single. 
But since I can't, I'm depending on you. Okay. And our sexuality is also threefold. A lot of times the mistake that we make is looking at sexuality one dimensionally. In other words, we look at sex and just say, you know, sex is something that happens in the physical realm. It does not. To have sex the way that God intended, it is spiritual, emotional, and physical. And that's what I want to talk about. The spiritual element of, of sex. The most important area of intimacy is spiritual intimacy. If you could, if you could see the way that God sees, what you would see is the deepest part of you is your spirit. Now listen to what the word intimacy means. It means inner closeness. It means close on the inside. That's what intimacy means. When you're saying, I want to be intimate with my spouse, what you're saying is, I don't want just a superficial relationship. You can be having sex with someone who's a million miles away from you emotionally. And, and they're, they're checked out. Okay. Intimacy means I know you. I, I, you've opened up your heart to me and I've opened my, up my heart to you and we're one. Now, when we're born, we are born with a spiritual void. Adam and Eve sinned and they died spiritually. And every single one of us are born spiritually dead. And when we're born again, what that means, I was saved a week before Karen and I got married. And being born again means the Spirit of God. There's a, there's a Jesus-sized hole on the inside of us that money can't fill, that people can't fill, that a job or education can't fill. Nothing in life is going to fill the inner emptiness in my life until Jesus comes in. And when Jesus comes in, I'm born again spiritually. My dead spirit becomes alive and God moves on the inside of me. When you're born again, this is why we shouldn't marry an unbeliever. And sometimes we're both lost and then one of us gets saved or whatever. So, But we want to both be believers because when you also have Jesus living on the inside of you, we can now enjoy spiritual intimacy where the deepest part of you and the deepest part of me are in communion. The greatest intimacy is not mental intimacy. The greatest intimacy is not emotional intimacy or sexual intimacy. The greatest intimacy is spiritual intimacy. And Karen and I, people ask us, you know, the secret of our marriage, God. God is the secret of our marriage. God is the secret of why we're together. And the greatest intimacy that we experience is the spiritual part of our relationship. Let me talk about it for just a minute. Here's how to create spiritual intimacy in your marriage. And number one is to respect the spiritual nature of marriage and regard it as sacred. Now, you may have heard people say, it's just a piece of paper. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Marriage is an act of the Spirit of God, and it's a covenant. Now, listen to it. The word covenant means to cut. When marriage was, it's a sacrificial permanent bond, and it only works that way. When, when marriage was created, Adam was cut and he bled. Okay. And so blood, Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Marriage only works as a covenant bond where here's what I'm saying. I will sacrificially love you till the day that I die. A covenant has no end date. If it has an end date, it's not a covenant. So this is permanent until death, and it is sacrificial. That's the nature of this relationship. There's a covenant marriage, and there's a contract marriage. A contract marriage is what we have in America, and it's cheap, and it's as worthless as the paper that it's written on. A contract marriage says this, I'm going to protect my rights and limit my responsibilities to you. 
I've got one foot out the back door if you mess with me. I'm going to protect my rights and I'm going to limit my responsibilities. A covenant says I sacrifice my rights and I assume responsibility. Jesus came, sacrificed his right to be the son of God, came down to earth, lived a miserable life, suffered a miserable death, and now he's our savior. Who's, who's glad about that? And he didn't do it protecting his rights. He did it sacrificing. And when we come to him and we join in the new covenant, we sacrifice our lives for Jesus. We give our lives to him. Jesus said, he who saves his life will lose it. And he who loses his life will save it. Let me, let me say this. In marriage, you get what you pay for. If you want a contract, it's worth what you paid for it. And what it does is it establishes a very, very shaky foundation for intimacy and sex and a life built together. How can you build a life with someone who's got their bags half-packed all the time? How can you build a life with someone who ha who's never demonstrated true sacrifice and has never really demonstrated that they're totally committed to the relationship? Divorce is not an option. We're in this thing for the rest of our lives. It's till death to us part. That is the spirit of a covenant marriage. Listen, every time I'm having sex with you, what I'm saying is I remember the commitment that I made, that sacred covenant that we made. And I may not like you right now. I may be ticked at you right now. I may have 300 other things to do right now, but I'm going to have sex with you just to remind myself of the commitment that I made. And my attitude will be better afterwards, I'm sure. I'm hoping. <laughs> Rather than saying, I just don't feel like it. You've got to lay those feelings on the altar if you're going to have a good marriage. Marriage is a sacrificial covenant. It means to cut. It means, baby, to my hurt, your needs will be met for the rest of your life. And they're going to have to wipe the smile off your face with a Brillo pad. <laughs> That's a good marriage. To the degree that you're pure in sex, and I'm not talking about being a prude because God wants us to enjoy sex and have fun having sex in marriage. To the degree that you're pure is to the degree that sex will be fulfilling for you. I've never met a sex addict that was fulfilled. Ever, 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 ever. Sex addiction is a bondage and it sucks the life out of you. But when you commit yourself to one person, to be intimate with one person, that's how sex becomes special. And we just tell ourselves, sex is sacred. It's something only between us, and I'll never justify taking it outside of our marriage. And, and if I'm tempted, I'm wrong, and I'm going to take it to Jesus and, and become accountable. But here's the issue. You want to pray together, worship together, make the spiritual element of your marriage the most important area of your marriage. And this is where trust comes from. Let me tell you why I trust Karen, because she's a godly woman. Karen's conscience before God is why I trust her. Because I'm a human being and she's a human being. And we, we're not better than anybody else and anyone can fall. I could fall sexually. Absolutely no doubt about it. What's the insurance policy that I want? My relationship with Jesus Christ. And us praying together and worshiping together and valuing the spiritual element of our marriage creates the greatest spiritual intimacy and trust in our relationship that then opens the door to sexual intimacy. It is the most, and let me, let me say this now, according to a survey, sex in America, is, it was a definitive survey, Grand Central America, 
the most sexually satisfied couples and most orgasmic women are Christians and married. It puts into men and women's minds this picture, well, if you're married and you're a Christian, well, you know, you're having sex, but the fun is out in the city being single and sexual. The, fun, the fun's out there on the dark side. It's exactly the opposite. Those people have less sex and less satisfying sex. The best sex is in a Christian, monogamous, heterosexual, committed marriage. We have the, give yourselves a hand. You have the best sex of anybody. It's the truth. Because the spiritual element is the most important element. That's why that we have the best sex of anybody. And I'm not saying you necessarily do, but you may have to work on some issues, but you have the best shot at it when spirituality is important. Number two is the emotional match. Here are the top five reasons why couples fight. Top five. Number one is work stress. Number two is money. Three is children. Four is sex. And five is housework. Work stress, money, children, sex, and housework. Okay. And let me tell you, let me tell you why we fight. Because you don't care how I feel. You don't care how I feel about you working all the time. You don't care how I feel about you leaving the house dirty and not helping me when you get home. You don't care how I feel about the kids and the kids being neglected or, or the kids not being disciplined. You, you, don't, you don't care how I feel. And when our spouse is, is saying something to us, typically it's something that we don't understand because we, we're not in their world and a lot of times we don't understand their perspective. But here's, here's what your spouse needs most from you when they're emoting. Validation. Validation. I may not understand what you're saying, but it's important to me because you're important to me. Rather than rolling your eyes, rather than just walking away in disagreement and not validating them. There was a man talking to me last week, and he was telling me about an interaction he had with his wife, and they have absolutely no intimacy whatsoever. And he was telling me something she said to him, and, and I said, well, what did you say? He said, I just laughed. And I said, in other words, you didn't validate anything she had to say. And he said, huh? He thought laughing at her, she said something. He just went, huh? And she walked away hurt. And he thought that was intelligent on his part. And I said, what she needed from you was validation. She needed you to say to her, honey, it's important. I don't understand everything you're saying, but it's important because you're saying it. My emotions, listen, my emotions may not be right but they're real. And I would say, this is an inexact you know, scientific survey based on me. I would say half the time I'm talking to Karen, my emotions are real but not right. Half the time. So when I'm talking to her about something, my, my emotions aren't right. I, I can think of dozens of examples of times I've been talking to Karen about, Karen about something, and my, but they were real. And so when I'm talking to Karen and I'm talking to her about how I feel, I'm not attacking. I'm, I'm just telling her how I feel. Here's what I need from her is, I, Jimmy, that's, that's important. You know, I validate how you feel. I, I may not agree with it, but I validate. And when you validate the way that I feel, listen, and I don't have to pay a price for being honest. Research proves that couples who never disagree have bad marriages. I'm, I'm not talking about fighting all the time. I'm talking about giving your spouse the right to disagree without paying a price. I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. 
you're, you're not helping around the house. I feel strange. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm taking care of the kids all the time by myself and you don't care. I feel like you work all the time. I feel like your friends are more important than me. I feel, I feel, I feel. And emotional intimacy comes from the place of saying to your spouse, are you doing okay? Now listen, you're not a good husband until your wife tells you you are. You know, you can go buy yourself one of those world's best husbands t-shirts. It's better for your wife to buy it. Because if you buy it for yourself, you're just trying to let her know. But if she buys it for you, she's trying to let the world know. You're not a good wife until your husband tells you you are. And here's what makes a great marriage. Is sitting down with each other and saying, am I doing a good job? Are your needs being met? Am Am I hurting you? Is there anything I'm doing that's frustrating you? And sitting down sincerely and without any defensiveness and saying, except for serving Jesus, my most important mission in life is to fulfill you. I know you depend upon me for that. You can't fulfill yourself or we wouldn't have gotten married. And I don't want to strand you in a loveless relationship as I go do something else and take you for granted. Am I doing a good job? How can I improve? And when you have two people that that conscientious, and are willing to open up and not be defensive. And now listen to what your spouse is saying. Karen and I today can open up with each other and talk with each other without fear. But I remember when I didn't want the answer to that question. I would have never sat down with Karen and asked her because she would have answered it. And I would have had to have changed. So emotional intimacy simply means this. I care about your emotions. They might be right or wrong, but they're real. And if I agree or disagree, I will validate what you're saying and give you the right to express it without paying a price, unless you're being cruel, unless you're being mean or something like that. But I want us to have an emotional intimacy, and I want us to be our safe, safe place to each other. The teaching you heard today, that comes from a full series called Sex, Love, and Communication. And this teaching is striking your sexual match. And you heard the teaching there about the spiritual match and the emotional match. But what we need to understand is it's all part of our sexuality. Uh, Our culture has really objectified Mm -hmm. and one-dimensionalized sex Mm -hmm. to where it's just kind of its own thing. Mm -hmm. And it really is not connected to the rest of our lives. But one of the most important things that, that affects our sexuality is our spirituality. I agree. Is sex is the covenant seal and sign of marriage that was given by God in Genesis as being something very special in marriage. And when we respect the spiritual nature of sex, I mean, I'm telling you, the spiritual nature of sex. And uh, one of the things that we did, Karen, that dramatically changed our marriage early on was praying together. Mm -hmm. And what shocked me was, you know, because being a man, you know, sex was very important to me. But but the thing was, I never realized how important the spiritual intimacy Mm -hmm. was to the physical intimacy. When we started praying together, it made a big difference. Well, I think, you know, during those times, because of the way you had talked to me and, and made me convinced that I was just the wrong person, I'd stopped sharing my heart with you, right. you know, and so I'd shut it down and I just gave you the, you know, basic things that you need to know every day, but I wouldn't really share the deep things within my heart. Mm-hmm. And when we actually started praying, it was like, I could tell that your heart was not what you were acting like. It's like when you were talking to God, it was like you were, you were, 
this soft, tender person that I had married, you know, and we had lost that. And I'm sure you felt the same way with, you know, with me. And so, you know, it, it brings an aspect into marriage that all of a sudden now something bigger and better than us. Right. You know, you're letting God into the situation and he's the one that we're talking to. And I can remember, you know, the times I'd hear you pray and it was just so endearing because, you know, you, it was it's the humility of you, you know, crying out to God to help us. You know, that we can't do this, God. We need you. And, you know, I mean, like you said, it's very brings great intimacy into that it, relationship. It does. Jesus said in Matthew 19, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Mm -hmm. We need to understand when we get married, it's the spirit-to-spirit -spirit bond mm -hmm. that makes marriage. Marriage is not a piece of paper. Marriage is an act of the Spirit of God. And intimacy means inner closeness. Mm -hmm. and, the, and we can become intimate through sex to a very limited degree. I mean, it's an expression of intimacy. Mm -hmm. But the greatest intimacy is mental, spiritual, and emotional intimacy, especially spiritual. Mm -hmm. So when we started praying together, first of all, Karen, I, I wasn't, well, first of all, I wasn't very humble. So you say, you know. <laughs> well, you were when you were praying. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I didn't like about it, is that I was, I was prideful, but I was also, I, I didn't, I didn't know how to pray. Yeah is that I wasn't a good prayer. Now I'm a professional, and I do it for a living. But back then, I wasn't no, a good prayer. You don't pray. do prayer for a living. <laughs> I'm a preacher. Well, that's not praying. But anyway, so, the, but back then, I, I was real self-conscious about how I prayed. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I didn't want to do it wrong. I really didn't know how to do it. So when we started praying together, it, it did bring a greater level of humility, because prayer is humility. Prayer is saying, God, we need you. And so today we pray all the time together. Mm -hmm. It's an important mm -hmm. part of our relationship. But part of, part of what we're trying to say is sex is more than a physical act. Sex is spiritual. It's emotional. There's a lot more to it. And the most important part of your sexuality, that you know when you pray, the Bible says don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all comprehension will guard your heart and your mind. Do you know when you pray together, it brings peace? Mm -hmm. It removes stress. And the number one problem in sex right now in America is stress. Stress is the big, biggest sex killer in the world. And when you pray together, it brings peace. When you pray together, it brings agreement. And that just lays a foundation for you to have the best sex ever. So this is an important teaching. And I hope, really do hope as a couple if you're not praying together, that you'll start because it really will help every area of your relationship and especially in the area of sex. We hope that this program today has been a blessing to you. We're able to come to you because of the financial support of our precious partners. And we're asking you, if you would, to stand with us financially. If you've been touched by this ministry, we want to keep coming back to you, but also to go across America and around the world. There's information there on your screen of how you can give. You can go on telephone right now, give with your bank card on our secure website, or mail your gift to our address that's there on your screen. Thank you so much for your most generous support right now to help us take this critical message across America and around the world. We hope that you've been blessed by today's program. We have some more information for you, so stay tuned.